Fan Podcast. I'm John. And I'm Emily. Hey, friends. How's it Hi, going? Hi, it's been a while. Yeah, a little bit. What's up? What's new? What's going on? Uh, just things. Where you been? And stuff. Uh, you, you've replaced me with other people. I know. <laughs> Carlos, Melissa, Adriana. Yeah. No, it's fun. It's fun to have different guests and different points of view. And <laughs> I love how I'm asking, like, hey, how you've been? Like, I haven't seen you every single day. <laughs> what? As if we don't live together. <laughs> Who are you? What's happened? What's happened? I, just, I, I haven't I, seen you in so long. Kicked you out of the house. <laughs> like, you're not a part of the podcast now, so don't I don't to live need here. you for five weeks. <laughs> See you in a month. Bye. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Just come back. You, what? You painted? Wow. Wow. Oh, new couch? Okay. Great. That's funny. Hey, what and, are we making? Uh, we're making Turkish, Turkish soft, soft bagels. bagels. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. Do, do you want, want to take it no, again? No, we're not going to take it again. We're just rolling with it this time. I just time. remembered it was Turkish. Okay. Turkish. And then when we got to soft, I was like, Turkish bagels. <laughs> Turkish soft bagels. Turkish soft bagels. Even when bagels. you told me what they were, I was like, Turkish bagels. It's okay. They're called, uh, they're spelled ACMAs. So I don't know if it's Akma or I'm sure it's a Turkish word and I'm sure it's said a certain Akma. way. I don't know. I, I'm not Turkish. I don't know how they would say it or how they do it. You're not Turkish? <sighs> My whole life I'm is I'm sorry, alive. everybody. Alive. I'm sorry. The podcast is canceled. I'm not Turkish. <laughs> it's just... Just Cats every, out of the bag. Everything is a lie. Bagels I don't out of the bag anymore. now. That's it. You married me thinking I had all this Turkish money, all this royalty everywhere. You sent me an email that said you were a Turkish prince who wanted to give me all your money. <laughs> Damn it. No. I have been exposed. I'm feeling personally attacked. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Sorry about that. I'm not. Anyway, um... Especially because the website where it comes from is like, it's totally, it, it, it definitely is somebody who is Turkish. <laughs> Why? Uh, because Tell it's me posted by Julia Unsal Sagiroglu. Sagiroglu. Sagiroglu? Sagiroglu. Sagiroglu. Oh, man. That's going to be me in a week. <laughs> oh, my God. You're going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad no you're totally uh, right day of school it's is just the uh, what's your what's your name new 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 Nguyen? Oh new win no but okay i know so there are these gorgeous i mean gorgeous polynesian names uh-huh. that are like five miles long with the kids i'm like uh don't don't talk about don't it talk way. about children that no, way but the names are beautiful sure can i say them no fuck no like uh, my my sweet. No, what can we do as white people? I was like, uh, we can it. eat crostini <laughs> and drink With hard pimento. claw seltzer, and yeah, eat pimento cheese spread. It's delicious. Which is delicious. Sorry, Trader we'll get Joe's on rant. that in a minute. Oh yeah. Now, I want. I do want to talk about that. I was just gonna say though, but what you just did is me on the first day. Oh sure, straight up just being like. I'm going to butcher this, so well, I'd love it if you came up before and then you me. Get that, and then you get that student that just knows when the teacher gets to their name. Oh, sure. And they're they like, hear that, and they're like, hi, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I can't say as an example because I got to protect children's privacy. No, no, it's privacy. okay. I used to know this kid. His A grew up, and I can I can, um, I can, can use his name because I don't think – we don't really I, – we, we, I, I knew of him. And, yeah. And I, I think I, like – was temporary friends with them in like fourth grade. So, but I knew him a lot. I, I yeah. like everybody I knew, like, so when I moved over to Ohio in about third grade, I knew a ton of people. And then I would know the same people. I just, I knew the same people because while Solon was big, there was a lot of people. Yeah. It wasn't so big that I didn't know everybody. So okay. yeah, my graduating, yeah, my graduating class was like 400 people or something like that or 500 people. That's or small. Uh, is it? I thought it was like mine was like a thousand. Is it okay? I think that's probably actually or a lot more. I think I think maybe that's a lot closer towards mine actually. Because, but I like can go through my yearbook 
and yeah. I can like, oh yeah, I knew that kid in third grade. I met that kid in fourth grade. I knew that kid yeah. in fifth grade. Like I just know people and because, yeah, I may not have had classes with them, but I, I would see them around or hear of them because my friends would be friends with them or mm-hmm. something like that. Whatever. So friend Mike Famigelto was, huh? <laughs> Famigelto. It was like, uh, it, it was All like right. F-A-M-A, uh, Familia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G. It was like G Y or G. It was it was like G plus another letter and then like E L L T O. It was mm-hmm. it was a very interesting name. And you were like, "How do you?" And so the teachers would always be like, "Mike," and he'd be like, "It's me. Got it. I'm here." How do you yeah. say it? He's like, "I don't care. I don't want you <laughs> I don't to know. I don't want you to need to know how to say it. Now that you're screwed it up, and he wouldn't. He like refused to tell them. Oh, so as a teacher, the te- they'd be the like, thing, "I though, want to learn." And you're like, "No, not, I don't care." But this, okay, in the he was also a defense, face. Yeah, obviously, because <laughs> in the teacher's defense, like, how are we? We don't know how to we pronounce all these. You were not, you know, spelling bee champions, right? Where you're like, "Oh, it's the Greek version." You're like, "Oh, okay, cool. That means that there's like a <laughs> hidden." Yes piece of yogurt in that no, i'm just kidding i'm trying to think i was just trying to think like, i was like do i know any greek letters i know yeah there's a hidden omega in the yeah. letter that's secretly after i learned that about spelling bee uh from uh what was it from that movie akila and the bee yeah remember with uh lawrence lawrence fishburne well she had this <laughs> it was like she had she's on the spectrum because she uses like uh, uh, like memorization and, t- and rhythm or something like that to do in Lawrence Fisher and totally exploits her like she's brilliant. And like, no, she just has like a certain affinity for memorization and she's good at spelling because, you know, she's autistic. That doesn't set a fucking superpower, you idiot. But he totally. <laughs> anyway, I just remember that Akila got stumped on a word. Okay. He was like, oh, the origins of the word will tell you which way it's certainly spelled. And I'm like, oh, my God. I remember watching the whatever U.S. National bad. Spelling Bee. And that's why kids will ask for the origin of the word. Because there's certain rules that go with yes, the Yes, that, that goes with like, I oh, it is that. Uh, this type I'm of like, word. Are you just, I, I always thought they were just trying to stall for time. That's my thought, too. <laughs> And then they're like, oh, there's a whole other level of people who are, like, smarter than us by a long shot. Yeah. And you use the origin of the word to go, like, oh, yeah, cool. Well, it's Greek, which means it probably will use a Y instead of a U. Or it's, uh, you know, you know, it's whatever. So it had the C before the E kind of a thing. That's how you're able to guess certain stuff like that. which Or that's how they're able to, like, spell the word. Even if they don't necessarily know how to spell the word, they can sound it out and or guess like, oh, great. Well, it's probably this or these things and stuff like that, which is also great because what they do is is everybody studies the year before. Oh, they study previous. Yeah, all the yeah, yeah, people who want to compete in this year's spelling bee will study the year prior winners yeah. and years prior yeah. for the winning word. And their techni- yeah, the winning word. The winning word. Yeah. So to find it like, oh, how'd they get that? And they'll memorize all of those words on top of having to memorize uh, thousands of other words. Horrible. But what the, the real key to, like, as far as I have understood about spelling bees is that it's knowing the roots of words and uh, that allows you to uh phonetically kind of figure out a word like oh great well it's this kind of word it's greek blah blah blah. this i bet you this is how it's spelled and they're able to guess it they memorize they memorize root words uh like prefixes and suffixes that you're able to kind of like dissect a word into oh there's this there's this there's this that's what that word breaks up into. And so, therefore, I know how to spell all of the words in the Greek language because I know all the root suffixes to it or something that like that. Sense. It's pretty intense. Because we kind of already do that in our language. We do? No, English is a. Uh, well, English we... takes other languages and beats them up on a back alley and no, steals from them. It's true. I was just saying that, like, when you were saying break it up prefixes and suffixes, like, sure. I do that when I teach. Oh, got you. Like, you know, in music, monotone, mono yeah. is one. Or, poly, uh, or polyphonic your music. Kids get, your kids get motto when they, they go to your class. <laughs> your kids learn about motto. I was just, we were, weren't we just talking about that? Oh, yeah. I pointed out that our kid, Dash, has a has a monobrow. 
and a unibrow. I've never How do you heard decide? Monobrow. I know. Okay, that's my question. How do you decide which is appropriate in the situation? Is it mono or is it uni? Like you hear mono sound, right? Stereo yeah. sound, but but mono sound, but you never hear like uni sound. Yeah, who who makes these rules? With whom? I want to meet them. With whom? Tell me who who decides. Who's the decider? Is it one dude in a boardroom? Yep. With a with two buttons, and they present the word to him, and it's his job to go mono. Uni, and, and he's just and he's like, yep. "That's how it sounds." Yep, and they're like, "Hurry, decide, decide." Uh. Yeah, because I've heard unibrow and I've heard monobrow, and you're like, "Great," but and I've heard monos. I've always heard mono sound, but no one ever hears uni sound. Like, what? What? Wouldn't it mean singular or whatever? Like, that's that's weird. Unless uni is like united, and they're like, "What?" Yeah, is that uni what means to unite. Mono means one brown, but uni. Are you are you sure it means to unite? It just could mean any kinds of oh. things. Anyway, Turkish bagels. <laughs> Yay, Turkish bagels. Here we bagels. go in our like deep thought of oh, the language. Making let's, shit let's, up now. let's move on. So this is, comes from TurkishCuisine.wordpress.com. It's like not necessarily a well-designed site. I mean, it's WordPress. Well, I mean, WordPress can be really pretty cool. You okay. can do amazing stuff with WordPress. I like how you look at me like, it takes, like, don't shit on WordPress. Don't shit on WordPress. Well, I know it's supposed to. It, as far as I, what I know about WordPress is, is that WordPress.com is the super user-friendly, like, ultra-basic and boring websites. WordPress.org is the one that's like, oh, cool. You have to know HTML and coding, but you can build anything your, you know, little brain oh, desires as much as you know about HTML websites and all that kinds of fun stuff. I love how fast you're saying HTML, so it comes out. HTML. So here's the thing about this website. It's totally in Turkish. What? Yeah. You had to translate it? I only accept the cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, UK. Sure. Time to deliver the cookies. Uzun beer seer ounce. And I'm not going to butcher this Please language. don't eat. Just I will not. But tradition, it. it says traditional Turkish style cooking right on the front. There's a couple pictures. They clearly live in Seattle. States trip season five. Seattle watching. America gets easy bolum. Uh, hamburger buns. This. Yeah. Activity. Oh, here we go. Select category, activity, American recipes, aperitif, appetizers, bakery, beverage, mm-hmm. bread, breakfast food, bulgur food, cake, cheesecake, cookie, dessert, dip, dolma, ooh, dolmas, event, fruity, what? <laughs> grilled food, herbs, holidays, holly space, days, no, it Jam does not say that. Slash marmalade. I was gonna say marmalade, but I'm like, that's a sugar house thing. That's we live in the marmalade district. Marmalade. Did they really say that? Kebab. I've heard people say marmalade, and I'm like, shut Ugh. up, stop Ugh. it. Who Local are you? food. Local to where is my question? Low calorie option. Main course. Meat dish. How much crap is on this website? Menu. Oh, I'm not. I'm not produ- like for every English category there's seven more turkish categories okay let's move on muffin ottoman cuisine pastry pilaf places to go places we visit ramadan oh my god there's like a hundred more holy cow okay okay Uh, i can't even do this let's not here let's pick let's pick one category let's pick a cake speaking of cake we had a family get together this last weekend Mm -hmm. right Oh, there's like three recipes in the thing. This oh. means they this this means that there's there's probably forty recipes, maybe fifty recipes. You said there was a hundred categories. That's what I mean. And oh, some of them are empty. They're overlapped because oh, this one fruity, is orange cupcakes, oh. which could be like dessert, baking, and muffin. Yeah. Okay. So. There's lots, but there's probably not that many recipes, actually. Okay, let's talk about this. Uh, Turkish soft bagels. Yeah, the bagel. So it says, Akma is a well-known pastry that you could easily find in any bakery in Turkey. To be able to make it right at home, some secrets must be known. First of all, ingredients should be in room temperature. Not should be room temperature. It should be in room temperature. That's the thing. Secondly, mm-hmm. you, need to, you need to knead <laughs> it well to get a good result. 
Lastly, the dough should be should uh sorry the the dough should there's no age in a show oh. <laughs> be rest in a warm place for at least thirty minutes to doubled in size. So yes, totally a foreigner wrote this, not a robot. Yeah, there's just things that I'm like the spelling mistakes are like they're not robotic spelling mistakes. They're totally like oh this is somebody this is absolutely somebody who's totally Turkish. Like and is, English is their second language. Yeah, yeah, English is their second language. Absolutely, and these are definitely like home taken photos. So these. Look kind of pretty awesome. I'm really excited about these. The recipe is really very simple because it's baking. So, you know, baking is flour plus water plus something else. The ingredients are simple. Let's put it that way. What did way. I say? You said the recipe itself is simple. Oh, but yeah. The recipe itself is actually pretty I mean, enough. And this, the ingredients themselves are pretty simple. It's just time consuming. A little bit. Waiting so one cup of warm milk, half a cup of warm water, a third of a cup of oil, corn, sunflower, or olive, 50 grams of soft butter. I, I got to figure out how to convert that to tablespoons. Yeah. Two teaspoons of instant yeast, a third of a cup of granulated sugar, one tablespoon. Oh, sorry. One teaspoon salt, not a tablespoon of salt. One teaspoon of salt. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, approximately four and a half cups of flour, which is also weird. All purpose flour, approximately four and a half cups. Why not four and a half cups of flour, which is weird. Uh, two egg whites, two eggs, okay. whites and yolks separated. Oh. Uh-huh. So in a medium mixing bowl, combine the lukewarm milk, water, sugar, and yeast. Stir the oil, butter, salt, egg whites into the mixture and gradually add flour. I'm assuming I'm gonna let the I have to let the yeast activate. Yeah. But then it says no. It says knead that evenly for 10 minutes and let rise for a few hours in a warm place to be a smooth, silky, and fluffy dough. Grab two pieces at a time. Uh, a pro- uh, of dough approximately as big as a golf ball. Give them a thin and long, sh- long snake. <laughs> Give them a thin and long shape like a snake by rolling. <laughs> Twist them together and stick the edges together to make them round like a ring. Beat egg yolks and brush bagels with that. Sprinkle black and white sesame oh. seeds if you like. I didn't use this time, but it depend depends on you. Place them in a lightly greased cookie sheet and pop them to 375F preheated oven. For 25 minutes until golden brown. And then straight up into the Turkish version of this recipe. All right. So it's really, really pretty simple. We're going to have two phases. I'll be mixing the ingredients. We'll be on pause while dough will rise. We'll roll them into golf balls. We'll make some dudes, bake them, and then eat them. That sounds good. All right. Okay. Well, let me uh, let me, let me me mix the ingredients right now. And uh, we'll come back in just a second. <laughs> That was a good fun 10 minutes. Yeah. I like kneading dough. Kneading dough is cool. You've it's always kind of said it's a little cathartic. Therapeutic. 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 I think I was saying that to a client the other day. That I just reminded of something that I was saying. Uh, uh, what Toxic friendships are... How you tell a friendship is toxic is if you treat your friend like therapy versus it being therapeutic. What do you mean? He <laughs> gave me the eyes of like the huh, huh, huh? huh? holiday who be buddy. The shiftiness was just glorious. Okay, <laughs> so if your relationship is therapeutic, it is calming, healing, giving, good, all the oh, things yeah. that like come from therapeutic things. Like right, it feels you feel good, you feel energized, you feel renewed, That's you feel refreshed. Yeah. Right. That's a healthy relationship. If yeah. your relationship, if both of you feel like your relationship is therapeutic, where you get so much because you are giving so much to each other and it's both a mutual thing where you're like this is so great but if your relationship is therapy where your other person is your therapist it's terrible it ends up being such a shit relationship because all you're doing is you're taking because that's actually what i realize that's what therapy really is Therapy is you're asking someone to handle a lot of your shit with you, not necessarily for you, but with you. You're asking somebody, dude, I need to dump this on you and I need you to like help me fucking navigate it because I can't do this on my own. And therapists themselves should be going to therapy because it's important to unload your own shit so that you're not letting your own judgments get affected and biased by other things and stuff. But being a therapist is hard. Fuck yeah, it is. It's a very difficult job. I have a couple of clients who are like 
you know, intense psychoanalysts. And I'm like, dude, you guys are, and he's like, yeah, I see, I see somebody once a week because I need to keep my sanity. Not that my job is driving me insane, but it's definitely a preventative measure to make sure that I'm keeping in check of my own biases and issues and not letting my stuff bleed into my clients and I'm skewing them off course because I believe this should be the way to do it when it isn't really the correct form for you're not in the right mindset yeah yeah not in the right mindset so I was thinking like this is that's a really good measure to to think if your relationship with your partner your friend or whatever is therapeutic but if it's if it feels like therapy like you're like oh so great i just dump my problems on them and i walk away like cool that's great for you and it's terrible for that other person that, i'll be honest that used to be ours yeah our relationship early on for yeah, sure it was I used hyper to dump on was you straight sure. up and i would like oh no dump it on me yeah yeah tell me all the things let tell me, me let me fix it, it for yeah. you let me just do it and it was my absolute utter desire to like cool i've got a broken ankle but let me bend down and pick up this thing for you and seem like the hero but yeah. then you could full well do whatever you needed to do or half the time I felt like stuff like that you were, quote, dumping on me was just stuff that you needed to vent and you needed another yeah. person to hear, but you needed me to fix. And it was my total obsessive to compulsive desire to, like, I have to fix this in order for you to love me. But you yeah. clearly, there's a problem in your life, and I am the root cause of this problem. And really, I'm just like, I You're just like, need to dude, tell I need to tell somebody this sucks. This so sucks. And I think our, our big dynamic changed when you realized, like, oh, okay, I'm dumping and it's making it seem like I need you to fix it, but I don't need you to fix it. And I came to the, I, I came to yeah. my own internal understanding of like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You don't need to. Okay, good. I don't need to fix it. You don't need me to fix it. Mm-hmm. I don't need to fix it. It's not something that needs to be fixed. We're good. And it became less of like, a, we're making a problem out of nothing. When there no problem exists, when it was realizing, oh, you need somewhere to open up to. And I need to go like, cool, this needs to be water breaking against the dam of like, oh, that's like shit. Great. But it rolls back off me of like, great. I'm not taking that on. It's not my personal. It's not my personal responsibility. It's not my fault somehow. It's not something that I'm like, like, you need to do it this way. You have to do it this way. Or try and do it for me. Yeah. Agreed. No, agreed. Yeah. And that's. And a lot of relationships definitely have that dynamic. Of Yeah. When it becomes, because when we, your therapeutic relationship yeah. becomes therapy, you need to check yourself. And oftentimes the sad part about that is, is the person who is treating, it's very one-sided usually. One yeah. person is the therapist. The other person is the <laughs> therapy. Therapized. <laughs> Therapized. <laughs> Therapized. They're they're the they're the couch. They're, uh, they are the one person is the one person is the upright chair with the notebook. The other person is the couch. So, but it's perpetuated by both sides. Agreed. That's the so I think it's and the hardest part about those relationships are I think oftentimes it is the person on the couch who actually has the most power to stop. Granted, everybody has the same amount of power. Really, at any time, both yeah, people can go like, "Oh, this is terrible." Power. You know, the guy. With the notebooks, you're like, you know what? I'm not your therapist anymore. I don't want to do this and could do that. But I think the rescue complex is real for a lot of people. And it is, it's hard to recognize that intense desire to rescue as a coping mechanism to receive Affection, feelings, love, validation, all that fun stuff. So I think it's easier oftentimes, like given our situation, I think it would have been easier for you to realize like, oh, you're taking on my shit and oh, I get what's happening here. You're taking my shit on. John, I don't need you to fix it. And you're saying that and and me having to do the internal work of like, oh my God, I got to fix my fixing. That's a thing. I think it's a little more difficult for the person on the couch or a little more difficult for the person like, I'm fixing this yeah. to try to stay, go like, I should shore up my boundaries. But it's more important for that person to do that work too. It's, it's such a give and take. It's, it's such a give and take. either side because I mean like, I know that I just I just didn't see it. I didn't see the damage that I was doing. I just go, he just loves me and he wants to be exactly. there for me. And he's and trying so to do all these things. Now, had you like immediately seen the damage, you'd have been like, oh, great, I should stop that. And I feel yeah. like because your behavior internally, like I don't think you think your behavior was bad. You're like, oh, this is – no, he's just listening to me. This is okay. Yeah. And if you could see what it was doing, then it was a thing. So, yeah, it's easier for you – 
to stop what you're doing, but I think it's far more difficult to recognize Agreed. your like, oh, I'm just dumping on this person and and not and not giving them the space to like, hey, you take care of me in this way. Am I taking care of you also kind of a thing versus the person knows they're being like, oh, I know they're dumping on me and I yeah. wish they wouldn't that kind of thing. And I wish I could fix it or blah, 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 this, that. But their hurdle of like internally having to go like, oh, God, I have to say no to you. I have to say yeah, no to well, this. And you feel really bad because you yeah. want to be there for the person. Yeah, it's a hard, hard dichotomy. It's a super it's a it's a very difficult dichotomy. But I think it's also like both parties have to do the work. Yeah, It's important to do for both parties to do the work for not one person to recognize and only fix their side because then it becomes then it's then it's really difficult if you're mm-hmm. continuing to dump on me or whatever and 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 bring out your problems to me during the day and I'm trying to like hold up my boundaries but if I don't communicate with you hey this needs to stop yeah. or I, I need to do this in a different way or something or I can't continue to do this or hey can we talk about something else before we talk about this or can we limit talking about this to one thing or once a week or for five minutes during a day, whatever, whatever the boundary that they choose. I, I think it's difficult if one side, um, if, if the side that is listening has to do the work to stop and the other side doesn't realize what's going on, then it can be extra difficult because you're, you're fighting your partner who suddenly like doesn't understand why their behavior, like, why are you changing your behavior? You don't love me anymore. And it's like, Oh no. And then it's a whole spiral out of all kinds of things, which is very, very difficult. So, while I believe one side has it easier, they also have it difficult in a different way. And it ends mm-hmm. up balancing out as to like, oh, both sides need to truly communicate and go like, hey, I think I'm taking on the responsibility of your problems. And yeah, this both is what definitely need to step up. Both definitely need to step up. And what you can do is shore up your personal, just all you can change is how you can respond to a situation. Mm-hmm. And you can ask your other partner like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I would like it if you did this as well. And your partner can go, wow, that's so great. Thank you for telling me that. I didn't even know that was affecting you and have a healthy, open communication and grow together with that. So it was just the way you said therapeutic made me think of that moment of like, oh, I'm trying to reexamine in my own life, which of my relationships are therapeutic and which of my relationships are therapy Mm. and trying to eliminate therapy relationships in my life that aren't paid. (laughs) (laughs) because it's one thing to like go and see a therapist go and see someone go and pay someone for their time and compensate them for this is going to be difficult to sit and listen to me for an hour and a half or two hours or however long my session is going to be and and work with me through all my stuff my stubbornness my inability to see things that are so plainly clear to you but thank you for sticking with me, you know, through it anyway, that kind of thing. So eliminating therapy, you know, non-paid therapy relationships in my life is doing a lot better because that way I can focus on therapeutic relationships. I can enhance the people that I'm like, oh, I feel really good when I'm around you because this is, we have open communication, we, we talk, share. we share things, it feels mutual. It's not that you're not sharing things, it's that it's reciprocated. Yes, and yes. I know that I have boundaries and I know that you have boundaries. And what's funny is, is boundaries often, boundaries are so boundaries are a measure of safety so often and the more I have experienced like putting up maintaining uh you know internal boundaries of what I will and won't do and what I will and won't tolerate what I will and won't give or anymore like how much I will give before I feel like no this is I'm giving to get now or I'm giving to receive or I'm giving because of this I'm not giving for the sake of giving anymore like all the little things I realize that they're they're great boundaries of safety actually it feels like instead of constantly tumbling down the side of a mountain where I'm like I'm gonna go down this pathway and hopefully I don't you know fall and kill myself that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. the more I set up boundaries the more I realize I'm like oh that's a pathway that will lead me to hurt that's a pathway that will lead me to hurt and I get to navigate around those and go like cool I can walk a little down I can walk a little down this pathway and go like oh the view is beautiful but I need to get back up into the I need to get back up onto my main path of like I only give a little bit before I feel like, oh, this is, I'm giving to a bottomless pit. I'm going to receive nothing from it. I'm going to get no validation from it. Or I'm, I, my gifts aren't going to be acknowledged in such a way that makes me think like, oh, this isn't, this person doesn't care about my gift nor wants my gift. And I don't need to give that to them because it matters not, you know, it, it doesn't matter to them whatsoever. So I want to give as much as I feel is necessary. And beyond that, then it's like, cool, we can 
if you need more, we can talk about that and we can, you can ask from me. So uh-huh. like I realizing a lot of my, my boundaries are, I need you to communicate with me what you need. I'm not, my, 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 my big boundary is like, I do a lot of anticipate, a lot of anticipating, a lot of pre-thinking what I think you'll want, what you'll need, what you, what you're after, what you could use, what could benefit you. And in a client base, like I started podcasting, editing podcasts full time. I've got a couple of clients and I've, it's been a lot, it's been really fun. And in that capacity, it's actually super helpful because I can kind of go like, Hey, this seems like something that you're worried about. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How did you know? I've been around the block a little bit like that capacity is super great. But in other relationships, I don't want to guess what you're thinking and what you're feeling because I'm going to base my actions off of what I think you're thinking. Well, or yeah, what you I think to, you, you need have to communicate what you need and what you're feeling to people. You can't just like leave them in the dark to. You know, it's, well, it's so interesting how oftentimes, I don't know. I, I see really basic. Like, I'm at the grocery store today and getting ingredients for things. Couples kind of everywhere how little communication is actually happening between the two of them, how much communication is, is being said non-verbally. Because we don't teach communication. Well, it's so we don't, weird. We don't, we don't teach how to communicate with each other until we're so far gone and yeah. so far. And, it's, and at that point it's just repairing that you're just like, Oh my gosh, I'm miserable. And yeah. then we, that's why I like the self-help book world. And I mean, cause you and I like yeah. turn to those. Right. And you know, the, it's so interesting how much, communication is so important and how we talk about 70 80% of, of communication is through body language and so we never go like oh what you need to do is counteract that because the sad part about body language is body language is all interpretation yeah i could be objective. feeling one way and you think like oh he's put his arms up he's he's turning away from me he doesn't want me or blah, blah. And you're like oh, oh my gosh i was so there's so much about body language that like you have to guess. You have to guess what the other person is thinking and feeling. Yeah. And but we never just talk about that. We never just say, "Hey, you put your arms up. What's going on?" But well, that's such a because that feels like a weird conversation to have. Real, like you're scrutinizing every little thing in person, and that yeah. person can, if especially if you're in a fight, everything uh-huh. is exacerbated, and you're like, "Why are you asking about that? Just let me let me be alone. I mean, my own person." Everything I, feels so much bigger. Everything feels so much bigger, and you're already on tense and everything. I I know you can just like. You could ask me about something and in the like in a regular mindset, I'd be totally fine. I'd be like, oh, hey, no, I'm not. I'm I'm standing this way. I'm not meaning anything by it. I apologize if that's if you're I apologize if that has come across in some way that I'm I'm doing anything, but I'm, I'm not intending to do so. Yeah. And like but a little, a little, in a fight, you're like, yeah, what are you? You, sh- you rolled your eyes at me. You rolled your eyes means disgust and disgust is the end of relationships. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up there, bucko. So like. Real talk for a minute. I Real mean, talk. Like, not that it's not been Real that way. Real talk on the um, And like, to be honest, so I've been dealing, you know, with postpartum depression and I went to some group therapy sessions and stuff. And the fact that you talk about, you know, like body language, like I'm sitting there and they have a regular therapist and they have a recreational therapist who comes and does activities. The rec- uh-huh. recreational therapist came in and was discussing a few things. So she, I don't remember what she was talking about, but I was just looking down and then I just happened to turn my head and look up. I'm like, oh, I'm not engaging. I'm not paying attention. And then, like, she reacted in her face. Like, some, like, I don't know. I, I had some sort of expression that, like, uh-huh. I was, I don't know. And then she asked me later. She's like, did you feel a certain way about that? Or are you annoyed with what I said? And I was like, what? Like, I. You're realizing that you weren't engaging and your reaction, you probably, like, snapped your head and popped back up. Yeah. And made a face of, like, oh, shit was her then interpreting like, oh, she must have thought deeply about that because she thought you were paying attention. She lacked the context of what was going on in your own head and interpreted yeah. your body language the way she wanted to interpret. And I just knew, I was like staring off and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to like be looking at her so I'm really paying attention. Sure, so I actually hear what's going on, but I'm like, ah, I'm thinking I about Dash. Because I zoned for a minute. You know, sure, like you're like, oh, I'm thinking about outside, I'm thinking about Dash, I'm thinking about the, my pants are itching me. Uh, I'm <laughs> really hungry right now, I gotta go, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how much. And she like reacted really big to it and I was like, I'm fine. I'm sorry. I which didn't is, mean to make you feel which that way. Which makes me think she totally was probably sharing something super. She herself was being vulnerable. Yeah. And that you had a negative. She perceived that you had a negative reaction set her off, which is a thing. And you're like, oh, that's a thing we need to be aware of. It's, and I wasn't even sure how to. You know, it's hard to as I'm like, I didn't even know how to express what I, yeah. why I changed my behavior. I was like, oh, I was just turning to look at you. Yeah. 
you're you're in the moment you're like this isn't big to me and it's big to the other person yeah it's the the part that really truly gets me is that yeah body language is like 70 to 80 percent of our communication skills that's not a good thing that's actually a bad thing most mm-hmm. of it's non-verbal and because it's non-verbal that's it is wildly up to interpretation yeah. and more often than not it is what we perceive is happening if we have a mindset about like oh they're angry at us everything that that person is going to be doing via their body language is going to be we're going to perceive that as they're probably mad at us unless they make grand sweeping gestures to like oh they're coming to hug me i get it okay they're not mad great but every day we're on you know pins and needles while we're waiting for this person to say the right thing but until then we're reading their body language is like oh no they're pissed They're, they're totally pissed ah blah blah all that kind of stuff where I think like we should be teaching, yes, 70, 80% of communication is body language. So it's your job to make sure that you verbally over communicate. Yeah. And how they build bridges. I learned this from uh, a book I was reading, uh, super better. They build bridges by when the engineers build a bridge, they have their two destination points. They're like, cool, we're gonna build it from San Francisco to Oakland. So they have their two destinations and they plot the route out. They plan for the materials, yada, yada, yada. And then both sides, both teams build together. They build Mm. from one end to the, like, like they both start on opposite sides and build to each other and meet in the middle. But in planning, both teams plan to build like 55% of the bridge. They plan to build just a little bit more, just a little bit more so that there's a slight overlap just okay. in case and i feel like, I like that's that. an important thing that we all could adopt in communication of hey i need to give in this i, I shouldn't be giving 50 and 50 i should be giving 51 percent, just a little bit or 55 yeah. percent, that kind of thing i need to be doing just a little bit more so that my over like that little overlap you understand and i understand and if we're both taking the steps to go a little bit extra with each communication then our partners we, we know that if there's like a gap if you're if you can only give 40% that day and I'm giving 55%, we're still closer than if you gave yeah. 40% and I gave 50%. And like, if I'm, oh, I'm only ever going to give half. Well, no, we've got to pick up a little extra slack. We've got to be greater sense. than the sum of our parts kind of. I like that thought a lot. I think that's really helpful. So I try to imagine nowadays really like, okay, where is my communication failing? Like how could I over communicate in this situation? And how can I take like, how can I take responsibility for my communication? I was also reading this other book that I I got through really recently and I think is actually a really pretty brilliant read. I was very anti it kind of in the beginning. Um, It's Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. He is a former... Uh, SEAL team commander. Wow. Yeah. Uh, And was in charge of like Ramadi in Iraq and all their operations there. Yes, big time. He worked with the boys in SEAL team six and took down Osama bin Laden. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's kind of like a Was he part of that? No, he was, uh, he he was, uh, he had task unit bruiser, which was like SEAL team three. I think you have the way SEALs are, and I'm not a SEAL, so like I'm gonna get this wrong, but they're broken up into squadrons. Basically, they're broken okay. up into smaller little things, and they each have their own kind of name and hierarchy. It's known as the dis- uh, displaced command, I think, um, where the chain of command is kind of broken up a little bit, so that er- there are multiple leaders kind of along the way. Each reports like one leader at the top only has three underlings. And those underlings only have three dudes below them. And those dudes only have three dudes below them. And those dudes only have three dudes below them. So you're never like everybody's in charge, but you're managing a very small team so that communication doesn't get screwed up. So his book, Extreme Ownership, I was really kind of against it because it's been in the, I'm part of this order of man group online and it's extremely, yeah, I'm going to straight up call out Ryan Mickler and many of the members of the order of man that group is utterly utterly filled with toxic masculinity it is this giant echo chamber of ryan's principles of 
protect, provide, preside, which come down to wildly gendered roles about like what men are responsible for. It's their born duty to be warriors and to earn money. And you're like, you are both severely PTSD from Mm -hmm. your time in Iraq and utterly ingrained with capitalist ideals about your worth is measured in what you can what you can produce and you are worthless if you don't produce Yeah. yeah what you bring home the measure of a man is often those very thing and it's like oh no it's very disappointing and a lot of men in that group recommend extreme ownership and i was like ah i've heard good things but this is it just seems like it's going to be this because of where it came from. Yeah, where a lot of stuff like that. From. And then a friend of mine, Curtis Nash, was like, "Actually, it's a really good book." And on Curtis's recommendation, I was like, "You know what? I've got an Audible credit, uh, which you guys can get an Audible credit too. AudibleTrial.com/slash/OnePen. You can you can get a free month of Audible and a get free a credit month. if you haven't. It's fun. Anyway, I got Extreme Ownership and listened to it and actually really enjoyed it. It was a very very good book. So what- Hot take, Jocko. And his co-writer Leif Babin, who is also was also a SEAL that went to him, uh, went to Iraq with him, and served alongside him in Ramadi. Those boys are suffering severely from post-traumatic stress disorder. They are messed up internally, and they are like crazy warrior strong. So even though they are lot they filled with guilt and shame over the death of a lot of their uh, seals and and teammates and everything they they're 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 keeping it together they're floating that boat even though there's millions of holes man i it's so sad i I can't even imagine no i can't even begin to imagine the the horrors and stuff that they've that they have seen but it bleeds out so much into their into their works that i feel like it hurts me sometimes to listen to the way that they to the very specific way that they write and structure things, it's like, damn, you guys are trying to pay a debt to dead comrades because you owe them, you feel like you owe them so much more and feel like you should have died in their stead and they should live. It's very, it's almost, it's, you know, it's extremely disheartening to like, to read sometimes you're like, God, you guys are oof, oof. I just want to hug you a little bit. Yeah. Outside of those moments, however, there is his principle of extreme ownership is really important. And it's a thing that I've kind of like started to integrate about uh, with another book I read called how to lead when how to lead when you're not in charge by Clay Scroggins. It's the difference between authority and leadership. And oftentimes people misconstrue the two. They think that I have to have authority in order to lead. No, you really don't. You can lead every morning. You need to get up and decide to lead yourself. Yeah. And extreme ownership is this, uh, it's a multifaceted principle, but one of them, one of the pieces of it is as a leader, it's your job to make sure your team understands you. And if your team doesn't understand you, it's not their fault. Your orders are confusing. They're not broken down well enough. They're not streamlined enough. They're not to the point enough. If your team does not understand you, you can blame your team and be a bad leader and fail anyway, or you can be a good leader and realize it's your responsibility. Now, in the book, he uses fault and blame a lot. And boy, howdy, do I not agree with any of those uses because fault and blame are shame and yeah. shame does nobody good. Nope, not at all. So I try to think of it as like, oh, it's my responsibility to lead every conversation that I'm in. I want to be a good leader. So every conversation I engage in, I lead. I take the lead on. Whether it's, in, you know, even if it's a Trader Joe's and just talking to the gal behind the counter or if I'm dealing with, uh, you know, a credit card, you know, somebody or other and I, I'm trying to cancel a debt or something like that or a missed payment, I take the lead on the conversation. And if the person behind the phone or behind the counter or on the other side of the conversation doesn't understand my intent or what I need them to do or what I need them to understand or whatever, then you make yourself clear. Yeah. It's, you try it's like, oh, way. it's my responsibility. Oh, you don't understand? Great. Let me explain it again. Let, Let me, me get closer. Let yeah. me try another tactic to, to get there instead of blaming like, dude, you're so stupid. Why don't you just get this or do this for me? Uh, actually, it's my responsibility to make sure you, without a shadow of a doubt, understand what is being communicated so that you can really follow orders. 
it worked today with uh, I was canceling my Vasa subscription and uh, I simply I, I just explained like, hey, this is my situation. This is what's going on. I don't go anymore. I haven't been. I'd like my debt. I, you know, I'd like to get out of my contract. And there was a couple other fees and other things and stuff like that. And it was really very simple of like, I appreciate that. I understand that. And these are the reasons I don't feel I need to pay them because I haven't been in six months, yada, 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 yeah. those things. And I'm like, Oh, okay, great. We came to a great compromise and he understood me. And just that idea of owning everything of like, it's my responsibility to well, make sure that this happens. For your, your shit. Yeah. Is the best well, way to put it's it. not though. It's that you don't understand could be, well, I shouldn't, I don't have to take responsibility for your inability to understand. The yeah. difference with Jocko's is, is extending it a little bit further into like that 55%. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to act as if it's my responsibility that you understand. And by acting that it's my responsibility, acting like the leader in this conversation and I'm leading you along, if I act like it is my responsibility for you to understand, I will do everything necessary to make sure you understand. But if I, and so in the same vein, if I just take like, oh, it's my responsibility to explain, great, that's true. If you, if the buck stops at, well, you don't understand me, okay, that is true. That's only 50%. And if you only both go give 50%, yeah. just go that little extra. If everybody went that little bit extra, if we both took responsibility, if you took responsibility for any time we're having a conversation, you like, oh, no, it's my responsibility to make sure you understand what is happening. You understand what you need to do. And it's also my responsibility on the other end of the conversation, you know, if you're explaining something to me to go, okay, to explain that. Yes. What you understand and what you don't understand. Yes, because that's that's how many times in our life do we yourself. go? Yes. How many times in our life like do we not look stupid? And we just go. Uh -huh, I I did this the other day, and I'm like, I just said uh huh, like I knew what you were saying, and I don't. And it's so interesting to think about it's so that hard little to bit. Say. That just even acknowledging that point, just saying like, hey, actually, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. You feel vulnerable. You may feel weak. You may feel stupid. You may yeah. feel like you may feel worse that you're like, oh, I was I was looking at my phone. And we do this when we're young because people yeah. make us feel bad. Like my for I, the very simplest tell, of things, I have to tell my um because I teach private voice. I have to tell them I'm just like, oh, your you know, students, yeah, my private voice students. I I have to tell them I'm like, don't just say aha, uh -huh. like if you don't understand. I'm like, it's okay to not understand. Yeah. If you say it's actually uh -huh, harmful if you. Yeah. Agree to something you don't understand because consequences will come down upon well, you that's when you I'll don't. Get frustrated because yeah. you told me you understood. Yep. But if someone says, no, I don't quite get it. Can you explain it in a different way? Then it's good. That's yeah. another facet of, of Jocko's book about ownership is like owning all of it, like owning every part of who you are and owning every part of your journey and every part of what you can and cannot do in any given situation. And it's your job to own up to cool. I don't understand this. Try it again. What's up? I don't know. I don't get it. I'm sorry. And risking being looking stupid or risking looking foolish because in their situations, their combat situations, you can't just go, uh-huh, and get yeah. the orders because, you know, lives are on the line. IEDs are in the road for the, you know, the yeah, cars exactly. may be driving over that may risk. very clear on risk. what you understand and how you understand that. And what you need, it, like, what will do we, like... What will happen on this timetable with who will, who will be doing this? What will happen if this happens? These like you need to understand the orders black and white, back and front, upside down, inside out completely because the lives, your life and the lives of your, you know, fellow seals are at stake. Yeah. And while that's not necessarily the true, like in my life, if you misunderstand me, not, I'm not going to die. Not like You're not going to die, but. It it's will lead to deteriorating communication over and over and over again if we build up those same neural pathways Which of like, such uh, an effect, well, yeah. uh, I don't understand. She just she doesn't make any sense when she talks, so we just kind of ignore it. Like, you, That's so bad. It sucks. Yeah, it's so terrible because if you start building that up, if you start not understanding someone, then you think that that then you don't have a, the ability to connect with that person. If you can't yeah. connect with that person, you don't respect that person because you think like, well, I, I've asked them before and they won't explain it or I don't understand it. So you either like think of yourself as stupid or you think of this person as like, oh, they just think they're better than me and they don't they won't explain or they won't do this. And all these stories get made up. 
about what's actually happening in the situation. All these things, our perception starts running out of control and our thing, our feeling brain starts driving the car all crazy because it's like, well, this is happening and this is happening and I'm getting all these signs and all this stuff. And you're like, no, 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 no. So ownership of like, ah, I don't understand. Or, and the, the ownership of a leader saying like, cool, it's my job to make sure you understand. Everybody raise your hand if you understand. And asking like, cool, what's the plan? What do you, what do you, what do you know what to do? Yeah. I've, I do it now all the time. I, I will repeat like very basic, like, okay, so I understand this, this, this. And then, yeah, okay, great. That's actually a part it's of that. very listening. weird. Yeah. I, I didn't. It's what active listening is. I see. And that's so it's funny. Feedback, I know understand. nothing about like that whole. It, I active, just learned about that this summer. I, it's so, it, it's so great that you're learning about it because like I'm discovering it without having like quote learning about it. It's very interesting. We're talking this like was this, a, only because, uh, this was deep thoughts with John and Emily. Deep thoughts with John and Emily. We kind of uh, get on fun, fun, fun tangents and yeah. stuff like that. I actually talked about this in my book club. Yes, ladies and germs, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. I have a book club. It's called the Paperback Brigade. You can join. You can send your email to me at paperbackbrigade at gmail and. Once a month, we like get together and have fun conversations. They're always like uh, self-help and betterment books about, you know, how to evolve and how to grow and how to increase skill sets and certain things, both like in life and in business. So I, I love reading fun stuff like that. We read, we just read Extreme Ownership, which is the thing the last month, uh, the month before we read Super Better. And the month before that, we read Everything is Fucked, a book about hope by Mark Manson. And the month before that, we read The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, which was great. So it was like the the, the original and the, the second book he wrote and everything. So I think we're going to be reading, oh, we're reading Good Morning and Good Night. Oh, yeah. By, it's Lin-Manuel. Lin yeah, Lin-Manuel. Uh, it's like a series of his tweets he used mm-hmm. to do good morning and good night tweets it. he still does it yeah, it's really fun he it's a book for a while and he started up it's it's a book about his original tweets and everything and i'm excited to kind of like delve into those a little bit so you can send your email to paperbackbrigade at gmail and then join the list and then kind of we meet uh at my shop um i don't know whenever we sit and we talk and we're hanging out it's it's kind of a little imperfect so we meet at my shop we meet at public or sometimes we just straight up do a zoom call when everybody's like i can be there i, I or i want to be there i just have kids and i can't leave the house yeah. kind of a thing so uh we're more we're zoom calls are becoming a lot more like consistent where we just sit and we talk about what we learn about what we think about how we're going to apply some of the principles of the book what we did what we did like about it what we didn't like about it what we would do differently it's actually kind of a lot of fun so yeah, so, deep yeah. thoughts is super fun. You should come to Paperback Brigade one time. Woo-hoo. And the only reason we're really doing this is because the dough is rising right now. It's actually got to rise for like two and a half hours. Ugh. It's a long time and everything. So uh, what's going to happen is, is we're going to, I don't know, play some. For, I'm playing Call of Duty World War II right now. It's great. Or maybe we can pause it for a minute and play some uh, Crash Team Racing. Oh, yes. I want to play some Crash Team Racing. That'll be super fun. So, yeah, me and Emma are going to go play Crash Team Racing. She's going to go kick my butt. Crash Team Racing. Crash Team Racing. And then I'm going to play Dr. Neocortex. You'll play Tiny. No. Tasmanian Tiger. I always giant. play What's Her Butt. What's Her Butt? Oh, uh, Katie, Katie Bandicoot. Crinkle. Crash. She has a, pon- she has a ponytail. She's blonde. I don't know. Whatever it was. Crash Bandicoot is a PlayStation 1 game, and Crash Team Racing uh, is the, the Mario, Mario Kart version Kart, of yeah. Crash Bandicoot on the original PlayStation 1. And then they so just much. redid it recently for the PlayStation 4 with all new graphics and everything. Weird. And it is wicked fun. It's way fun. So if you guys have a PlayStation and you want a racing game that's like Mario without being Mario Kart kind of thing, because Nintendo Switches are still ridiculously expensive. Yeah. There's like a light version coming out, which would be super cool, which That'd I kind of want to pick up. But yeah, we're going to go do that. So we'll, we'll play some Crash Team Racing while the deal rises, and then we'll uh, come back, I don't know, probably forgetting completely what we were talking about and feeling like whole new people. It'll be amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. Talk, friend, talk in a second, friends. Ciao. Five okay. million years later. Five million years later. All right. Uh, dough has risen. That reminds me of that funny meme. That's the guy. Okay, so this is this is Christ's body, priest. Yes, guy. He's risen. 
Priest, yes. Guy. Because of the yeast? Priest, <laughs> no. Guy. None of this makes any sense. <laughs> and it's just it's every time, every time I, I get a freaking cackle out of that. That's really funny. So the dough rose for what two hours ish, oh, yeah. a little while, two hours, and then I was it smooth, but it said it. Yeah, should. it was really nice. It was very smooth. Yeah. Ten minutes of ten minutes of kneading really kind of did the trick. It took nice. a little bit forearm working and stuff like that, which was fine, but then it did okay. So then you take it into little like golf size balls. Like golf ball size balls, I guess golf size doesn't work like Volkswagen golf, I guess. But <laughs> but there wasn't that much. There dough. was not that. There was not that dough to be had. So golf ball sized, you know, spheroids was enough to uh, uh, to to get what was necessary, right? So then you roll them into little spheroids, and then you take two little spheroids, and you flatten them out into long snick-lick tubes. Snick neck tubes and you then wind them around together and they get a little know, dirty candy them what did you say they get a little dirty they get a little dirty i guess they get wrapped around each other oh gross you <laughs> sick idiot do the dough a little dirty anyway so they do the they do the no pants, they do the no pants dance sorry that's dash he's saying hi and uh that's you i what put them on a greased cooking sheet yep and then what did I do? Well, you brushed them with... Yeah, a little egg yolk. Yeah. Just the yolks, which was not too bad. Actually, I don't have a brush, so I just used a flat spatula. That worked very well. What so, happened to our brush? No fucking idea oh. where it went. Probably somewhere in the move or something like that. Uh, Got left on the side of the road. Poor fine. brush. We gotta get another one. Anyway, then the oven for... I put two in. I put two racks in, so I put one in the higher, one in the lower. And the one on the higher rack obviously got a little more brown than the lower one. So what is it? 350 for 25 minutes did actually great. Good. That's that's good. It actually, we always we normally have to cook. Much yeah, longer. we normally have to cook. I have to adjust for elevation and stuff like that. But this did the dough pretty good, not gonna lie. So you ready to uh you wanna partake. try them? Yeah, wanna partake in these guys? I'm excited. All right, hold on. All right, so these are fresh out of the oven. They're not as soft as I thought they would be initially. I mean, they're definitely crunchy little bottoms and stuff like that. And then there's definitely like a, a chewier outside texture, but I like them. I think they're great. They're good. They need some sort of seasoning. They definitely need some sort of seasoning. And on the terrible whatever recipe, it suggests a little bit of blacks, like uh, black sesame seeds or white sesame seeds. And I, I don't think it should be a suggestion i actually think that's it's totally necessary it would be so good with salt yeah and i mean like big thick chunks of coarse 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 sea salt yeah would be would be way good and i actually had a great idea i'm like these would make perfect this is a great pretzel recipe oh yeah pretzel recipe uh pretzel recipe yeah that works too um these would be perfect, and you guys know how to pretzelize, right? You just take yeah. like a freaking two cup, two whatever, two quarts of water and um, two tablespoons or something like that. It's like a tablespoon per baking soda. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the ratio, but it's very simple. It's a little bit of baking soda and a little bit of water, and then you boil the dough for seriously ten seconds. Yeah. I think we told them the story of when we did it way too yeah, long. Yeah, you do it for like six minutes and it just it dissolves into nothing. It's so bad. No, it don't do so that. Gross. You dunk it in the water, let it boil, take it right out. That way it maintains the shape, but it gets the baking soda necessary to give it that pretzelized crust. And then, yeah, you cover it in the sea salt stuff. So absolutely, I will be doing this again. So I love this guy. These dudes, they're, they're, they're really good. It's great. It's a very simple bread. It's a very easy roll recipe, right? Like I could probably, instead of like taking them out and rolling them right into like the little donut shape, you could probably just leave them as like little, you know, spheres and stuff. Little you could, balls. Yeah, little balls, little uh, matzo balls. I, I, I don't know. I, I think this is, it's a good dough recipe all the way around. Dash approves. Yeah, Dash is loving it for sure. So this is... I think it's like a three and a half for me. Yeah. It's really pretty good. I mean, like. It's bland. Right for now, bread, it's bland. But it's also just a, like, it's just a. But as far as like a bread recipe goes. It's yeah. Really good. This is super good. 
So I mean, it's I mean, it's bread. So yeah, it's not gonna be like wildly miraculous, crazy, ridiculous, incredible. And I'd like to try and make it again with modifications. Yeah, just a few things. So otherwise than that, it's actually pretty good. And then absolutely with how simple this was, yeah, this is a thumbs up. Putting this in a recipe book, this is this was fast and fun. Well, I mean, room temperature ingredients. No, I mean, but it just takes some prep time. Uh, like waiting. Waiting. That's yeah. but that's not like that's not hard. This isn't like I have to monitor. I have to do a thing. I'm like, well, no. I'm saying this isn't something you should make if you need something quickly. I guess, but at the same time, this was just it was so fast to put all the like all the ingredients go in at once. Yeah. Like you let the yeast. I didn't have to wait five ten minutes for the yeast to rise separately before then putting the flour. No, you just put all the stuff in. It just rises as a complete dough together. So, like you let the dough. You knead it for ten minutes. Let it rise for two hours. I didn't even have to punch it down. And re-knead it and let it re-rise, which is another thing that I don't like a lot about a lot of breads. Oftentimes, you have to punch the dough down yep. after it's risen the first time and let it prove a second time. Mm. So, no, thank you. Yeah, this was very good, very fast, very delicious. I keep snacking on them starting. I know, super Sorry. exciting. Uh, I got the uh, – we got some of this pimento cheese dip mm. from Trader Joe's. It's uh, extra sharp it's cheddar so cheese with roasted pimento peppers. It is way delicious. And yeah, you guys need to go get some and make this recipe with it because it's it's perfect together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. I think it's fantastic. That's really? Good. Yeah, it's super good. Okay, what are you thinking? Sorry, I'm chewing. <laughs> I would give it as a bread. I'd give it a three, solid three. Yeah. It's not the most amazing bread I've had, but it's it's definitely not garbage. It holds up. Yeah. Yeah. And thumbs up for making it again. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, friends. Uh, we're going to snack because I'm starving. This has been the One Pan Podcast. Sometimes the food's funny. Us not so much. <laughs>